When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. June 14th, 2011. Frankel wins for the first time at Royal Ascot, the seventh of an incredible run of 14 wins. All great streaks start somewhere, so start your own with Betfair's free bet streak. Simply bet £20 on the 150 at Royal Ascot on day one on the exchange and get a £20 free bet. Win with that and you'll get another. It's that simple. Free bet streak from Betfair. Exchange back bets on the win market only. £20 free bet awarded at Bet Settlement. Valid for 72 hours. TCC supply 18 plus begambleware.org. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by attheraces.com, your ultimate resource for finding winners. Welcome to day four of Royal Ascot 2020 and our preview on the Final Furlong Podcast. I'm your host, Emmett Kennedy. It is great to have your company. Hope you are well. You will see every single race of the 2020 meeting behind closed doors live on Sky Sports Racing. It's the only place to get every race, the 115, the new opening races. These additional handicaps will be exclusive to Sky Sports Racing Channel 415. And uh, somebody who's going to be working throughout the entire week is the first lady of the Final Forum podcast. From Sky Sports Racing, Miss Vanessa Ryle. Hello, how are you doing? In good form, thank God. You all set for the big week? Uh, yes, things roughly all set going into Sky for the first time tomorrow. So we'll hopefully have a good sort of solid day in work and that will set us just up nicely for Tuesday for things to kick off good and proper. Nicely done. Uh, a man who was with us for our day one preview and returns for day four is Mr. James Norris. Hello, hello. Counting down the days now. Nearly there. It's nearly there, James. It's nearly there. Uh, I didn't promote the podcast yesterday, and yet there was a huge reaction to it. So hopefully we're all ready in gravy, and there's more gravy to come for Friday. So uh, James with The Weekender does some excellent content. And uh, if you're not following me on Twitter, we'll tag James in on social media later on. So um, fantastic analysis and looking forward to what James has to say uh, ahead of the racing on Friday. And of course, we can't do the show without the man, the myth, the legend, Rory DeLarge. Hello again. It's like less than a day since I've been here. <laughs> so if, if you're in listener world and uh, you're driving your car or you're at home, you're doing whatever it is you're doing, thank you very much for listening. Uh, for you, it could have been five hours since you heard Rory's voice. Uh, for Rory and I, 10 minutes. It's just glued at the hip, basically, uh, at this particular point. But hey, let's make it work. And we've got day five to come, where Pete Fornatal and Kate Tracy will join us. Uh, we're recording that on Monday. It's a Sunday afternoon, for full disclosure, as we record. And the first race that we're going to talk about is the Albany Stakes, six furlongs. It's the second race on day four on Sky Sports Racing from Royal Ascot. More beautiful after a very impressive debut for Aidan O'Brien heads the betting at 3.25 currently on the exchange uh, for Betfair. Uh, Flying Althina is your second favorite at 6.0. Uh, Mother Earth is 13.0, another Bally Doyle horse. Golden Melody, Undertake, Snowfall, uh, ranging from 13.0 to 15.0. James, we'll start with you. We've discussed already how with Tom Bull, just how difficult things are going to be with the juveniles this season. Uh, but More Beautiful was very, very impressive on her debut. Um, so impressive that I thought, they might go Queen Mary with her, but Albany's where she lines up for Bally Doyle. And uh, to me, uh, we will get insight from Vanessa Ryle and Wesley Warthorse in a second, but to me, this horse is going to take the world to beating. Yeah, she probably will. I mean, it was an immaculate debut, wasn't it? Um, and if you're gonna if you're gonna look for a, a two year old to do well at Ascot, Warfront out of maybe it's about as good as it's gonna get, I think. Mm. Um, but I think it's 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 a more interesting race than, than than just revolving around her. She's gonna obviously set a significant standard, but there's a couple more interesting that I like, particularly Willabel, who didn't win her her debut uh, on Monday, I think it was. Um, but the way she sort of she she looked professional from the gate, she she quick and clear. And then just sort of got caught on the line by a, a William Haggis horse called uh, Cadapul. But Frankie Troy was ultra, ultra light on her. He, he really wasn't keen to give her a hard race. So I just thought the way they, they pulled clear of the favourite a long, long way. And it got a, a high RPR. 
Um, I think she's second highest rated on RPRs in the race. And the way she, she, I think she's about 16 to one. And at that sort of price, I think she's bound to improve a lot. Um, and you couldn't get better connections. There's another war front, which is a massive positive, I think, for Ascot and two-year-old races. So I'd be tempted to, 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 to look at her. And the other one is Satahi, who won at Newmarket. Um, she came from behind, which I think was quite difficult to do at the time. Uh, she quickened through, took the lead, and then sort of pulled up. Andrea Zaini gave her one crack, and she quickened again. And she beats Cirrus of Rich Tannen, who I think rear poses, and they rate her quite highly. And footsteps in the sand tends to have a good horse every year, and it, it could be her. So th- those two, I think, are worth chancing against the favourite. Okay, uh, so the footsteps in the sand filly is currently trading at around about 7.0. Willabelle, however, is significantly a higher price, to say the least. Uh, You can get 17.0 as we talk right now on the Bedford Exchange. So that's James's selections for the Albany Stakes. Vanessa, for you, you're a Bloodstock expert, host, literally host of the Bloodstock show. Uh, your thoughts on pedigrees here and who you're particularly interested in. And of course, you did a, vin- a video interview, an exclusive video interview for At The Races with Wesley Ward. William Buick booked for Flying Althina. Yeah, that's definitely... Um uh, you know, the William Buick, Wesley Ward teaming up, you'd obviously expect to see um, ideally, well, punters seem to latch on to the sort of Frankie Dettori, Wesley Ward duo, but obviously there's no negative in William Buick and that'll be very interesting. She won her only start at Gulfstream and it kind of goes back to what me and Rory, well, Rory was bringing up essentially when we talked on the last podcast, which was this whole thing of, you know, Wesley Ward's one of the trainers who hasn't had basically an interrupted season with his two-year-olds because essentially they've had much the same preparation as they would have done normally. Um, she wasn't one that I, I think we again touched upon on the last podcast, but she wasn't one of the top few I took away from the conversation, although she's got very clear obvious claims you can't really ask for much more than what she did on debut and um you know she she's confirmed to run here and she sits second favorite behind more beautiful who as you've touched upon is pretty brilliant on her only performance thus far as well so you've got the two fillies there at the top who've won impressively but I guess when you look away from the obvious ones for me um, Golden Melody was one that I kind of really picked up upon she won at Haydock um, just a week or so ago and she was I think one of Bellardo's first winners um, trained by William Haggis going to be ridden again by James Doyle. She was pretty impressive up at Haydock. She showed a decent turn of foot when she was asked to. She was pulled out and made her challenge from in behind the leaders. And then she quickened away nicely. Um, she was barely shown the stick underneath James Doyle. In fact, I think she was literally just shown it. She wasn't even touched with it. Obviously, he loves to give the juveniles a nice introduction to life. And he, he really looked after her, but she didn't need it. She flashed away pretty nicely. The horse that finished third in behind her sky Charlotte Bear reopposes. That's the Cody Bear filly. Had a lot of positives about Cody Bear recently. From a good few yards, I think his stock will be very forward. But Golden Melody, there's reason to think that she'll, well, obviously improve, but also from the Haggis team, she's bound to take a step forward from that. And I just, yeah, I was really taken with that performance and it may may have flown under the radar. I don't think it'll have flown under the radar at all, but it was on a very busy weekend of racing and um, she's just one that went and did it as nice as you could have wished for, as nice as some of the others near the top of the market that are a fair few, a fair bit shorter than her. So yeah, Golden Melody was my um, sort of where I ended up once I went through the race, but she, I really liked her, yeah. So industry price is currently 10 to 1, but on the Betfair Exchange, you can get 13.0 about Golden Melody. So a nice pick there from Vanessa Ryle. Uh, Rory DeLarge, your thoughts on our, our first race, second race on the card, the Albany. Yeah, um, again, to reiterate what I said uh, before, I, I very much um, respect the Wesley Ward runner flying Aletha. Um, but I'm in agreement um, very much with um, with Vanessa. I like Golden Melody. I wrote her race up um, at Haydock. I thought she looked very interesting on paper. Um, and uh, she won a good style. Bellardo's made a... She, uh, she was Bellardo's first winner. Um, he's now yeah, had four. Another one today, Lullaby Moon won today. Um, he had won yesterday, um, Isabella Giles at, at Leicester, um, and he, he, I mean, you know, you'd expect him to be reasonably precocious. I think that's four from nine 
um, from him. Um, and unsurprisingly, um, the winners have come when the ground's been good or softer as well. Um, good, good, good to soft. Um, he wanted soft ground himself. I think there's going to be digging the ground here. So I think she makes a lot of appeal at that price. Okay, so two votes for Golden Melody. I, I did think at a big price that Ventura Vision shouldn't be discounted. Um, beaten on debut, but should learn from that. And beautiful pedigree. No one ain't ever out of a lemon drop kid mare. Ventura Vision for uh, Mark Johnston. Almost did it, but I won't. Uh, he is, she is currently 33.0 on the Betfair Exchange. Norfolk Stakes. Let's go for the uh, the Colts. So from the Phillies to the Colts, 225. Again on Sky Sports Racing. And uh, the current market is headed by Eye of Heaven, who is a best price 4.5 on the Betfair Exchange. Lipizzanair. So there was talk about the Coventry. You no, I can't be having that. Can't be having that. <laughs> Lip Zanner? Nearly. We're getting there. It's pronounced exactly as it's written. <laughs> pronounced exactly like the sort of horses it's named after. Give it two more goals and we'll move on. <laughs> two more? We could be here all night. Vanessa, fix this for me. Lipizzana. That's what I said first of all, wasn't it? I'm no. just going with that. <laughs> Absolutely not. Anyway, lippity doo da zippity day is uh, the second favourite at 7.0. Originally thought of as a Coventry horse, but it could be redirected here. Admiral Nelson definitely goes Coventry, and uh, so we can skip him. Uh, the Learjet, 9.0. Imperial Force, 13.0. So, Vanessa, you can take the lead on this race. Uh, the Norfolk Stakes, five furlongs, blistering speed. Who do you like? Golden Pal. Come on, the Golden Pal. Are you just doing? All are you just doing golden doubles to start the day? Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. But I, I like again, just referring to the Wesley Ward chat. This was one of the two horses that I took away from it. Golden Pal. He couldn't have been more positive about. Kieran Fallon's been riding him since he arrived over here. He's been based at the National Studs. Apparently, they're just delighted with him. He was second. He was one that wasn't. Yeah, he was, he was um, odds on to win on debut and didn't get the job done, but far from disgraced himself against a horse called Gatsby. Um, but for me, yeah, Wesley, Team Wesley, very positive on this horse. They're very pleased with him. Uh, this race in mind the whole way along, apparently he's done some fantastic breezes since that debut. And like I say, Kieran Fallon, um, yeah, pretty decent judge of a fast horse, you would imagine, has been riding it out in Newmarket. Um, along with the other Wesley Ward horses, I should say. But yeah, all very, very positive about this golden pal. And like you've touched upon, it's just speed, speed, speed. And uh, it's still going to be the Wesley Ward effect, I'm afraid. I think it's, you know, it's, it's one of those races that, because we've had such recent good form with all these two-year-old races, there's plenty in there that you can make a case for. And um, loads of decent performances from the likes of a few horses, like My the Mighty Gurkha and Learjet, those two, and uh, among others, been ultra impressive. I guess one of the factors with Golden Pal, which means that he's probably five to one instead of the seven to two favorite, is Frankie's either chosen or booked for. I don't know what's happened here, but I was expecting to see um, Frankie on Golden Pal and he's on Eye of Heaven instead for Mark Johnson. So not really sure what's happened there, if he had the choice or I don't know. But either way, I suppose it's a touch not worrying I'm not going to worry about it but yeah it's interesting he's not on it put it that way and Andrea Atzeni picks up the ride instead which is very interesting but golden pal for me all the way I'm afraid I'm not jumping ship now I wonder is it by any chance an offshoot of what happened in the 1000 guineas that Frankie had publicly said that he was going to ride raffle prize and then jumped off to ride for his boss and it's the same connections and is that why he's on Eye of Heaven is he making it up to them by any chance or, no idea. Or does Frank even care? He's just like all well, of the, the, fact that, the fact that he's been riding for Godolphin again this season suggests there's been, because, you know, there was a little bit of a rift there, wasn't there? Oh, for sure there was. But Yeah, so the fact that he's back riding for Godolphin suggests that uh, bridges have been mended. Mm. Um, all is forgiven. So, yeah, it, it's it, it's interesting. Um, and I've heaven as his favourite. Uh, the Wesley Ward horse is currently, because uh, I know that Vanessa said fives, 9.0. Not for long. Uh, 
James, your thoughts on the Norfolk Stakes? Well, it's it's interesting because uh, if you look at the Windsor Castle declarations, there's a, f- a few in there that I thought were going to go here because I had a look the other day and pretty, pretty much my entire shortlist was running in the Windsor Castle. Um, <laughs> Because I'd, I'd listened to what your your close personal friend Emmett, uh, Aidan O'Brien, had said. Ah, yes. Watch the Air Force, blue, watch the Air Force Blues. Yep. And uh, they're both in the Windsor Castles, which is a, a bit, bit of a shame. By any chance, did you um, back Chief Littlehawk for the Norfolk? No, I didn't yet. But I, I was I was waiting to see if, if he ran because obviously he was entered in both. Yeah. So you were smart. Um, I backed Chief Littlehawk for this he race. He looked too big, didn't he? He just looked too big a price. But I yeah. thought there must be a reason for that, and that yeah. was that he was going somewhere else. Yeah. Which is a shame. Stupid he, me. You know, oh, well. He's, he's, he, yeah, get it back in the Windsor Castle, I think. Oh, you, oh, you win um, it, definitely. Yeah, anyway, the, Nor- the Norfolk. So there's obviously the favourite, to say, was I have, I have Heaven, who really stood out even on TV, sort of towering over the other two-year-olds on that debut. And Frankie was quite easy on him. He won one very pretty comfortably. Um, but this is another, another race I'd happily look down the market a little bit. Um, I'm interested to know what Aidan O'Brien will run because, as you say, I think Admiral Nelson's probably going to Coventry, but he he was so good. Probably the best two-year-old I've seen so far, just on an impression. And Merchant's Key was second and ran a perfectly good race himself. He's another quite big-looking two-year-old by no name ever. And you imagine he'd be a bit sharper this time. He looked a bit green there. Um, and if he runs, I'd be quite interested because I think that, that form's got to be got to be strong. Um, the other one I like was Imperial Force, another horse who finished second on debut. But that was a pretty good, good-looking race. Uh, the very well-bred winner for Godolphin Creative Force by Dubawi um, that grabbed the rail, and I think that pretty much made the difference between Imperial Force winning and, and coming second. And I know Oshin Murphy. I think after the race was pretty impressed, uh, and he's I think double figures. So Imperial Force looks like he's going here. So th- those would be the two for me to take on the. The head of the market. I mean, the, the Learjet again. He was absolutely rapid at Yarmouth, wasn't he? Yeah. The track record it had some sort of jet propulsion going on there with the wind. Um, and obviously his, his sire won this race, Prince of Lear. So he's he's interesting. But I again just want to go for the two the two maidens. I think there's a lot of improvement in both of those. And we've seen maidens in the past come to Royal Ascot and win. Churchill's an example of that, and that's almost certainly going to be repeated this year as well, uh, particularly given the special circumstances that we're in. Imperial Force is currently 13.0. So a a nice selection against the short price, reasonably short price favourite, Rory. Yeah, I'm not I'm not um, massively interested uh, in the Norfolk, given the the paucity of of information. Again, um, I would, at the prices, I'd be favouring Golden Pal. Um, and I know essentially what I'd probably do with the two-year-old races is perm the West Ward runners in doubles um, where, he, where he has one. Because, um, you know, if you're right about that, then you're maximizing your value by, by doing multiple bets. And if you're wrong about it, um, then you might as well be completely wrong as, uh, as part wrong. Uh, so yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be betting heavily in the in the two rule races generally, but um, as I said, your one potential angle in here is that West Ward has a bigger um, advantage than he normally would do because Golden Pal ran two months ago, two months he's had since his debut to develop and uh, and you know maximise that experience. It has to be worth something for me. I know you beaten on that again. I think he was where's either his first or his second two-year-old runner of the season. And obviously he had to come back to Gulfstream to run, um, showed a lot of speed and was, was um, outstayed uh, by one. But you know, he'll come on plenty for it and, and it's nice to hear positive things um, from, from Vanessa as well. And he's a fair price, you know. So, I, I, again, it'll be smallish stakes for me or that little, you know, take the, take the two-year-old races up to six furlongs and, um, and combine the, the ward runners. Um, and hope that he strikes twice. Well, it's very good to hear that he's so positive and bullish about Golden Pal. And look, Wesley Ward is a very buoyant figure. He's like, I'm going to win everything. But he's singled out these two specific horses, the the horse that Oshie Murphy rides for guitar racing and, uh, and Golden Pal for Vanessa. So that's very, very telling. And um, we're getting a good price. We're getting a very, very good price, to be fair. Um currently on the Bedford Exchange, 9.0. We'll see how long that lasts. Uh, So that is the Norfolk Stakes, which takes us swiftly along to the Hardwick. 
Now, this will be an interesting race. Uh, Anthony Van Dyke heads the betting. Currently around about a two-to-one industry best price. You can get 3.25 on the bet for exchange. Uh, Sir Dragonet, we know, won't go here. Alarcam is jucked up. Uh, still a full horse, Alarcam. Right. Uh, he is currently 6.0. Defoe, good old Defoe. 9.0. Uh, Magic Wand ran the other night. Uh, old Persian lovable old horse for William Buick and Charlie Appleby is a 9.0 shot. Uh, Vanessa, I'll start with you. Galileo became the most prolific source of Group 1 winners in the history of racing. He's on 85 now, uh, which is one more than his former stud companion, Dane Hill. And uh, while this is not a Group 1 race, Anthony Van Dyke is definitely Group 1 class and he will be the Ballydoyle representative here. Yeah, indeed be the Ballydoyle representative, one of two if Sir Dragonet runs as well, but you'd have to think that he will be topping the string. I mean, oh, I'm finding this race wholeheartedly uninspiring at the moment, I must say. Is that bad to say? No, Maybe? it's not. It's, listen, Sir Dragonet is going to go for the Wolverton. So your opposition is Defoe, who, to be fair, did win a Coronation Cup last season, but he's Defoe and Larkham. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I'm a bit mad about it to be honest. Um Anthony Van Dyke is you know, in many yards would be absolutely kingpin, but let's be honest, in Aidan O'Brien's yard, he's not really. Um he's had his excuses, but he's proved to be just shy of top class, in my opinion. And although, look, like I say, he'd be kingpin in 99% of yards in England and Ireland. But over there, he's far from it. And he finds himself in this race topping the betting and what is, for me, a very weak renewal of this race with a load of these entries obviously not going to tip up. I suppose like Defoe is the interesting one at the prices at the moment. Will definitely run, won the race last year. Has had a very um, in and out time of it since, you might say. And disappointing when beaten behind Gayath last time out in the same race that obviously we saw Anthony Van Dijk in. Um, but you'd hope that he's going to have come on from that run hugely. And that one run he did have, they were all caught on the hot by Gayath, but he was still disappointing even given that. He was very easy to back before the race and he was seemingly everything pointed to the fact that he clearly, the connections thought he was going to need the run. And I suppose if Roger Charlton, um, Roger Varian had this mapped out as had that mapped out as a bit of a prep race, a bit of a stepping stone to a second go at a Hardwick Stakes, then that was probably a nice little pipe opener for him. But, you know, he jumped off 7-1, to he was beaten 16 lengths, so relatively uninspiring. But, yeah, that might have just put him spot on for this. Um, last year, I guess the fact is last year, he came into this race off the, win of the, off the back of the Coronation Stakes win, and his... This year, his form figures read very, very differently. But you can make excuses up for that Maidan run, maybe a different ride. He may have got to the leader in another stride or two, and it was far from a bad run, um, with Maidan probably not ideally suiting him. But he also had been absent since his King George run, where he was completely, you know, that was too bad to be true. So excuses to be made, but he's a six-year-old now, and has he had his day in the sun? I don't know. I'm basically just uninspired by it. And you can see this race live on Sky Sports Racing. <laughs> Sorry, is that awful? No, it's not. It's not, Vanessa. I think it's the Hardwick is is sometimes uh, look every now and again. We used to get Crystal Ocean rocking up here as a very short price favorite, and he sauntered to victory. And the debate would be, well, is he really Group One class? And of course, he was. Um, it's it's been an interesting race over the years, but I'd agree with you. I don't I don't think it's necessarily compelling stuff this year. Um, that said, I do think Anthony Van Dyke's going to take the world to beating. I liked his comeback. So, Rory, what's your take on the Hardwick? I'd be inclined to take a chance on one at a price here, and I'd be very wary of the ground as well, because plenty of these um, would be at the best on quick ground, including, I, I, I think it's fair to say, Anthony Van Dyke. Um, I know he was uh, he was a winner of the, of the Linkfield Derby trial and grinded at ease a little bit, but he had a, he had a fair class edge there. Um, and it may well be that we're racing on good ground, um, come Friday, but again, just based on the, the weather I've seen um, today uh, and what I was expecting to see in terms of drying weather today, I'm inclined to think we'll be racing on good to soft or soft ground um, come the weekend. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket because of that, but I'm I'm going to start looking at horses who will handle a bit of dig in the ground 
um, and look for potential value there. Uh, and um, uh, two who spring to mind uh, in those conditions would be Hamish and Morando. Um, neither of them you'd, you'd have down as, as Group 1 horses at this stage, but uh, Morando's um, uh, a very good horse at this sort of level, granted soft ground. He's nowhere near the same force when the ground's good or quicker as he showed last year. But um, he topped and tailed the season with very good efforts on heavy ground. Um, and the softer it gets, the better for him. So if, it, if the ground gets really bad, if it pours down during the week, then I'll start looking towards him. Uh, but one who probably doesn't need the ground um, that soft, but will handle it, is Hamish, um, who's, you know, he's typical of, of uh, William Haggis's uh, improving handicappers last year. He was... Um, he was thoroughly progressive through the season. Um, he uh, won the Melrose on his handicap debut, very impressively on, on firm ground, and then he improved on that. Um, subsequently, he won again um, at York in a big field by a wide margin of a, of a, um, a mark of 98 um, in October. And then, I would say he was unlucky not to win, but he, he, he went down very gnarly to Trushan, um, who would be um, you know, a very promising youngster uh, for this season, uh, and probably he got he quickened past Trushan, but could outbattle the right stage uh, in the finish. But I think his form is pretty solid. He needs to step forward again this season. But you, you've only got to look at where he was this time last year. You know, he was he was only making his handicap debut um, in August, and he's taken big steps forward um, there in his next start, and probably his career best was last time out. So I think he'll improve again this season. The fact that William Haggis is even considering. Um, going for this race rather than trying to sort of line them up for the Ebor, uh, which he might still do anyway, um, tells a story. James Doyle is booked to ride him. I thought he was potentially um, overpriced. For all, he doesn't have form um, in pattern company. It's only a matter of time before he does gain some black type. And this might end up being um, a weaker race than it could be if the grind ends up easing. I'm interested in this, Rory. Uh, 13.0 for Hamish, and Morando is 15.0, as we currently record on Sunday on the Bedford Exchange. James, you're taking the Hardwick Stakes. I was thinking on very similar lines to Rory, actually. I, I love Hamish. I think he's got a lot of, um, a lot more big races in him. Uh, but the weather is key in this race. If it, if it stays around good ground, Anthony Van Dyke's going to be hard to beat because as, as you mentioned, that that run behind Gaeth was, was really, really good. I expected it, him to be a bit, bit, bit more stuffy than that, potentially need it. But you know, he, he broke the former track record, even though he finished second. Um, and I think, yeah, if the ground stays good, he's he's going to be very difficult to beat. But if it gets to that soft round, Hamish loves that. And he's got so much progress to make. I think it's worth mentioning Ella Camp though, because he he might improve for this extra extra distance. I suspect he won't, but if if he does, he's he could be he could finally find his sort of Group One niche because if he had a clear on in the Jumbot last last year, he might have beaten Japan. He would have been a good second, I suspect, and that's pretty strong form in this at this level. So if he improves for the trip, he's dangerous. But yeah, I would be very tempted to look at Hamish if the rain came. His win at York fooled me. I remember covering that on the radio. He was absolutely devastating that day, but perhaps Adayeb just wasn't at his best. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be very intriguing. Uh, that is our take on the Hardwick Stakes, three o'clock, the feature race of day four on Sky Sports Racing of Royal Ascot. It's the Commonwealth Cup where Pierre Lappin heads the betting on the Betfair Exchange, currently at 5.0. Kamari, who we briefly touched on on the day two podcast with Vanessa Ryle. We'll uh, come back to that in a second. 8.2, Golden Horde has just usurped Kamari, a second favorite, 7.2. Lope Fernandez is 11.0 after that massive run of the Irish 2000 Guineas. Could he Could he go to Royal Ascot? And uh, missile for um, Jessica Harrington, who, to be fair, she did say after disappointing in the 1000 Guineas, don't forget her will be going Commonwealth Cup and uh, somehow she's currently about 14.0. Vanessa, you can lead us off with your thoughts on the Commonwealth Cup. Well, before you say, oh, you know, Wesley Ward, let's go to Vanessa because obviously that's what we've been talking about. I still, as as per the last time we talked, I still can't remember what he said about Kimari. So stop pretend, like stop thinking that I'm suddenly going to be able to remember it like it was, you know, yesterday. Remember it? You've had 24 hours to watch it back. I don't know. I don't have a copy of it. It was filmed by someone else. 
It's just going to be an element of surprise, okay? <laughs> hey, <laughs> maybe, maybe this, not. Who knows? Who knows? You know what is going to be funny is after all of this, the horses that won't win will be Wesley Ward's two-year-olds and then Kamari will bolt up in this Commonwealth Cup and you'll all be like, are you sure he didn't say anything of interest Are you certain? It? Yeah, I, I can think are of, sure? I, I, I can actually think, and, and I can bring in our, our international correspondent now, Ivan, because poor old Peter Fornatel, like this horse, was to many a good thing for Royal Ascot last year and the man was there it was bad enough that he lost his his uh, tails his big jacket uh, but he he lost his nuts on this horse and he's not over it yet isn't that right Ivan? If you can make God bleed the people will cease to believe in him and there will be blood in the water and the sharks will come Deep, deep philosophical stuff, Ivan. Ivan Venko, thank you very much. Yeah, sharks in the water, blood in the water uh, for poor old Pete Fornatel who's on the show uh, for our day five preview. Um, I think you'll be back in Kamari again. Uh, so Vanessa Wright, you don't know, you've forgotten. Sorry, can I just clarify, is Pete Fornatel gonna be on the show tomorrow or has he been eaten by sharks? Because <laughs> you're sending out mixed messages here. I don't really know what to think. Both. Both. He's been eaten by a shark and he's coming on to tell the tale. It's Shark Week on the Final Forum podcast. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Vanessa, Vanessa Ryle, uh, you've forgotten what Wesley Ward said in your interview, but you can watch it during the week on the At The Races Twitter page. So what's your take on the race overall? Not not the At The Races Twitter page. Great British racing. But anyway, we'll move on. Oh, okay, for God's so sakes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Commonwealth Cup. Um... I'd be nervous about the favourite here, Pierre Lapin. I just, you know, doesn't have the experience of a hustle and bustle that a lot of these are going to have, uh, already have the experience of. A lot of them have been well tried and have a decent level of form. I can see that, um, yeah, that Newbury one was pretty impressive. But for me, um, I'm a little bit nervous of his lack of experience, I suppose, um, against some pretty battle hardened types. Um, I've heard a lot of positive tra- chat about Wooded, the Francois Graffin horse um, coming over from France if, it, if, if they do decide to run him here. Um, a lot of positive chat about him, just general like whispers on the grapevine, which, you know, take it or leave it. But for me, um, I, I'm, I'm a big Golden Horde fan. Um, another Golden. Shit. This is going to be a Golden guy. patent. <laughs> Oh my God! Golden Are you patent. Secretly in love with Kevin Blake, is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Is is D in trouble? Is D? Is it all off? Golden, golden, golden! It's all about the bloody golden. I can't oh, believe it. Deary me! If I was Tomo, I'd think this was like a real sign. But anyway, I'm not. So all right, there, big fella. Get on the goldens on Friday. It's going to be a golden Friday. That's got. Golden Horde for me. I'm a big fan of the Earthlight form, basically, and those two bits of form where he chased home Earthlight at uh, in Deauville in the Group One and Newmarket in the Group One both seriously appealed to me as Ray. I loved Earthlight last year. Disappointed that he hasn't shown up here or anywhere thus far. Um, but I think he chased home a serious horse. This is obviously going to be a seasonal reappearance, but the Cox team know a, a very fast horse when they see one and they hold this horse in very high regard. Recently, Matt Chapman went down actually to the um, Clive Cox yard and did a good interview with him. And you can just tell like they they know that this is, a, you know, it was a very, very high class horse as a two-year-old, but I think they think they've improved him as a three-year-old. And he continuously sort of goes off relatively big prices, but running belters of races in his two-year-old career. I think he gets slightly overlooked in the betting. He's not got the most fashionable of pedigrees. Um, but he, on all known form that we've seen thus far, he's just a very, very, he was a very, very good two-year-old. And I expect him to be an equally as good, if not improved, three-year-old. And for me here, he's just got that nice mixture of plenty of battle-hardened Group 1 experience, chasing home Earthlight, but also the class to go with it and the speed to go with it over six furlongs. So, he ticks a lot of boxes for me and then after we've seen him as well um, like I say I sort of saw all this footage of him and he just looks like a beast I mean I was really taken with him um, so for me he's the one that I really fancy in this I think Milal for the Harrington team she like you've touched upon was very much like don't worry too much sort of 
you know, I think they still think that they've got a very serious filly on their hands, but they have. And obviously that raffle prize form from last year ties in with Earthlight as well. So there's lots of combining strands here. Um, but yeah, Golden Horn, Horde, very much looking forward to seeing him, basically. So it's all about the Goldens for Vanessa Ryle. Uh, James, what about yourself? Well, I was looking at this race assuming Lope Fernandez wasn't going to go, but it's, it's interesting if he does, because um, that turn of foot he showed in the Irish Guineas was really impressive before he clearly didn't stay. He, um, he gives me a, a US Navy flag vibe. Yeah. But, you know, this, yeah. this could very well be the case that oh, this is the key to him. They just need to drop him back and trip. I think they should probably just just wait, but he would be interesting if he turned up. Um, Pierre Lapin is probably the sexy horse in the race. It might even sound sexy if you get the right person to say it. Pierre um, Lapin. Oh, good. Yeah. But, uh, Nicely yeah. done, Vanessa. But, but uh, he, the, he's not, I don't think he's the most robust. Listen to what Roger Varian has said about him. Only ran twice, obviously. And, and again, the, the Mill Reef he won wasn't particularly strong. The best horse he beat in that was probably Mallow True, and he hung his chance away that day. So he's, he's quite an easy favourite to oppose, I, I suggest. Yeah, um, um, Golden Hall's very, very solid. His two-year-old form was just top-notch all the way through. And I feel like it's a shame he's had that setback because, yeah, he, I agree with Vanessa. He's he's quality animal. Um, I worry about Kamari because, you know, she couldn't hold on over five furlongs last year. This is going to be six. I think they think she's improved this season, but, I again, I'd happily avoid her. The one the one that I really like might not even run here because he, he's, he's going to run on this day and it might be... In this race, it might be in the handicap to start the, start the meeting. Art Power, I just think he's such an exciting horse. He, he looked rapid at York last year. He came out at Newcastle just at the start of this season, just bolted up pretty much in second gear. Um, he's a very big price, and he's got to prove he's up to this sort of level. And he might not even run, but wherever he goes on the Friday, I'll, I'll be with Art Power, I think. I just really, really rate him. I think he's an exciting prospect well, he for is, the season to come. He is jocked up for Tim Easterby, Sylvester D'Souza on board for retained owners and um, is currently trading at 21.0 as we record on the final their first, inst- their first instinct after the Newcastle run was to go to the handicap but I suspect they might be getting more and more interested in this 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 prospect but we'll, we'll have to see mm. um, but yeah, I really do like him It'd be very interesting to see if they do You only get one swing at it so you may as well take it You can't run it next year so Go for it. Rory, round off our coverage of the Commonwealth Cup. Would it? Um, I've got a mention from, from Vanessa. He's got the best form in the race. He's absolutely, uh, if you'll excuse the term, shut up in a group three on his seasonal reappearance. And if he runs the same race again, I think he'd win this. Um, and there's a fair chance he'd improve from it as well. He, he won, he won um, a well-contested race on paper um, by three and a half lengths and two lengths. Um, from from a pair of fancied runners, um, he looks like he's benefited from a step down from from six furlongs. Having been tried at seven last season, he's got form on soft ground. Uh, it was maybe just the easy side of good when he won the, the Pete Texanita at Shanti. Um, there's there's no knocking that form. Um, that, that's a very good effort. And of course, again, because the French got started earlier, he's had he's had the perfect time between his seasonal reappearance, his prep run, and Royal Ascot. And that has to count for something as well. Clearly, there are plenty who could improve a chunk on, on what they showed um, last year, Pierre Lapin being the obvious one. I was He's only raced in good to firm ground thus far. The one thing I'll say about the Mill Reef win, was I was just impressed that he could... I was against him on the day. I was impressed that he could um, come back from, from four months off as a juvenile to, to show his best form. Uh, normally, a horse that runs early in the season and, and wins, and then you don't see them for four or five months. That you can take that as a negative uh, more often than not and clearly he's had his issues in training I just thought he wouldn't be it, it would be difficult to have him 100% right um, for that race um, but he was he was visually impressive um, and it might well be that he's something special um, but he is you know he's making a seasonal debut he clearly has had some kind of training issues he's unproven on, on ground slower than, than good to firm um, and he is favourite so I'm happy just to swerve him on that basis and Wooded um, just yeah, just looks looks really, really solid. Should be a shorter price than it is. Considerably how, too. How confident are you? Well, you can never be confident at, about anything at Royal Ascot. And again, we need to know we need to get confirmation on the ground. We need to know what the draw is going to be like. And we need to know the horse is going to get there. But I think Wooded is actually worth is worth betting 
um, reasonably early because I can see I can see a Hugh Taylor putting a horse like him up. Um, I can see I can see you know Simon Rowlands putting him up because you know the market tends to be generic in races like this, and the market should always be predicated on form. And I don't have a problem saying this horse has got the best form in the race, and yet he's priced up differently. Um, and I think when when you when you see the the race card staring at you with all the information you need on the day, the jockey bookings and the draw and the actual form figures, I think he looks a lot more interesting than uh, um, than he does even now. And if you're getting double figure prices about him, I think that's well worth um, pressing up with. Ten point zero. Imagine if he's, if he's somehow not allowed to run. I think I think most bookmakers are going to make an exception to Andy Post's rules and be fun. I would be amazed if they didn't. I really yeah. would be amazed if they didn't. Wooded is currently 10.0 on the Betfair Exchange. So Rory Tillarkey sounds extremely confident. Happy to hear it. June 14th, 2011. Frankel wins for the first time at Royal Ascot, the seventh of an incredible run of 14 wins. All great streaks start somewhere, so start your own with Betfair's free bet streak. Simply bet £20 on the 150 at Royal Ascot on day one on the exchange and get a £20 free bet. Win with that and you'll get another. It's that simple. Free bet streak from Betfair. Exchange back bets on the win market only. £20 free bet awarded at Bet Settlement. Valid for 72 hours. T's and C's apply. 18 plus pgambleware.org. Let's move on to the 10 past four, the Queen's Vase. Fascinating renewal of the race this year. We've got uh, Berkshire Rocco for Andrew Balding and Oshin Murphy is currently around about five to two. Uh, Al Dabaran for Charlie Appleby and William Buick, three to one. Nobel Prize brother to the illustrious superstar Highland Real 7-2 Santiago 9-2 on guard with Stevie Donahue backed, uh, booked to ride for John Gosden is fives as well there's a whole heap of Ballydoyle horses entered here um, and uh, good old Rory's horse body line is also in here for Sir Mark Prescott but hopefully he'll have won earlier in the week uh, James your take on the Queen's Vase 2020 it's very open, I think. I don't. I mean, currently, Bart Rocco's favourite. Whether he will be by the time the race starts, I'd be slightly doubtful. Um, but I really rate English King as super impressive at Lingfield, uh, and that form, I suspect, is going to work out very well. Bart Rocco ran a nice race in the Zetland last season as a two-year-old. He's a proper proper stayer. Um, I just quite wonder whether he's going to be quite as classy as some of these. Um, probably my preference would be Al Dabaran I re- really liked him as a two year old he won uh, quite an attractive looking maiden at Newmarket and then he showed good tenacity at Ascot after that um, he finished around the likes of Ecrivan and the, the Summit in France and I think that's pretty solid form and when, when they step him up to this sort of trip I think you're going to really see the best of him um, I know you're probably a fan of Nobel Prize given <sighs> who his brother is but I'm I'm you know, and obviously the Valley runners will have a every chance of improving a chunk um, but I think they're a bit much of a muchness and I was taken with Aldabran last season so I'd probably stick with him stick with him here how dare you sir do you realise Aidan O'Brien's record in this race how dare you yeah how, how dare you for expressing an opinion that is different to mine I shall take to Twitter and voice my discontent so it's all about the Godolphin Blue for you then Charlie Appleby William Buick and Aldabaran the Dubawi uh, James yeah I, I think this trip's going to really bring out the best in him and you'll see a big big improvement okay 4.5 currently on the Bedford Exchange uh, Rory Delargy, your take on the Queen's Vaz uh what, which of Aiden's runs tell me I would think Nobel Prize will run right he win then Good man. Thank you very much. Thank you, uh, we sir. Did, we did a we did a, a, a little horses to follow piece at the end of a, a pod a while ago, didn't we? Yep. Um, and I put Nobel Prize up as, and I didn't I didn't expect to be digging out in the Brian horse. I was looking at something else. Um, and I I was really impressed with the way he went about things um, at Nice in November. That was only over a mile. Um, you can knock the bare form. You know, it's not it's not hard knocking balls in in, um, in the form of some of these races. But I just loved the the way he went about it. Um, screamed improvement this. He just he, he is so reminiscent of the family. You often get you know uh, brothers and, and they're nothing alike. But this fella um, is very reminiscent of um, of both Highland Real and Idaho. And I hope he's as good as Highland Real. Um, but I'll settle for him being as good as Idaho. Um, he's going to improve chunks from what he did last season. 
uh, I was I didn't expect to see him thrown into a race like this first time out. Uh, I thought he might sort of be gradually making his way through the ranks, but you know he had he had three runs last year to get experience, and if Aiden's happy to throw him in here um, first time out, he's in the Irish Derby. Uh, interestingly, he's in the Curra Cup as well. Um, so Aiden must think that stamina is a strong suit, and if that is the case, then whatever he did last year over a mile, um, you know he's he's going to be um, improving markedly on it. Up in trip, there's a horse that, um, as I said, I, I, I put him up as as one of one of uh, my horses to follow for the season, and uh, I'm more than happy to stick with him if he's if he's an intended runner here. I think he is. Uh, I took fifties about him for the Derby. Uh, don't necessarily think that dream will be alive if he goes and wins this race. But Aidan O'Brien's record in this is insane. And was it Mikhail Glinka, the Johnny Murta road? They stepped him up from ten furlongs to two miles, and they back the balls off him and uh, and he took this race as well but it's been won by some really 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 high class Aiden O'Brien horses including leading light yeah Mika Blink not being one of them though no god no <laughs> Jesus no I think he's standing at stud somewhere you know someone's getting fooled there I mean uh, he's a great sire send us a jacket we'll give you a mention uh, leading light he went, he went to Ramzan Kadarov so you know and good luck to them where he might be at stud good, good luck to them um, but leading light and, uh, and Kew Gardens have taken this and you know they were they were superstars. Q Gardens is still a superstar, and, and leading light certainly was. So I'm all over Nobel Prize here. Uh, Vanessa, who are the Moffat and Maduri syndicate? Well, why am I meant to know the answer to that? You are a bloodstock expert. Who are these people that have bought into Nobel Prize? I'm I'm afraid you'd have to ask the lads. All right, I'll tell you what, while, while you give us your thoughts on the race, and Aidan O'Brien did speak highly of Nobel Prize and did compare him favorably to Highland Real. So I'll, I'll make a call to Michael Tabor and, uh, and find out what the story is. Uh, you um, give us your I, thoughts. I, don't, I honestly don't have a huge amount to add because I'm with um, Al Dabaran as well, looking forward to seeing him stepped up in trip. And I think we definitely haven't seen the best of him yet. And I think, um, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do over this trip. Hope he doesn't disappoint entirely. But um, I also, like, I'd love the English King form to really stand up with Berkshire Rocco. And I know, um, you know, everyone on sort of stats, facts and figures, it looks like a really good run and a really good race. And it was visually very impressive at Lingfield. But you want the form to stack up behind as well. So I hope that Berkshire Rocco is the horse that people think he is. Um, obviously, the balding team in great form. And I can see why he's favourite for this race above Aldabaran and Noble prize uh, but it'd be interesting to see what the betting settles down to on the day as well but for me um, Al Dabran's just the horse I've had in the tracker for a little while so yeah looking forward to seeing him uh, here but again no no particularly strong view really you know yourself Michael I mean look at Emmett. all of the all a bit of crack but um, who are these who are these people that bought into Frank, the horse Michael? Frank Majuri and Gary Moffat they, they've had uh, an interest in Elfstrom and Haradison before, so it kind of suggests that this horse was going Melbourne Cup at the end of the year. Sorry, Michael. As, as uh, I, I, I don't. I don't, look, Michael. You have a great time at Royal Ascot. Okay, fantastic. Oh, oh yeah, of course you can't go, but watch it from Barbados in, in the comfort of your own home, and, and we'll chat again soon. Take care, mate. Uh, no, I got the answer. It's all right. Thanks. Bye. Jeez, he does go on, Michael Tabor. Uh, <laughs> so you reckon he's been bought then with a, a potential Melbourne Cup target in mind? Well, yeah, they're, they're Australian-based. Um, they were um, McDonald's franchise owners originally. A good bit of gravy in that. And they had um, they, they formed a syndicate and had uh, a great success. Um, and then have bought into to um, to a number of horses that have that have either gone to Aiden or, or have come from Aiden. Um, clearly, that's the idea. You're getting quite a lot of Australian owners or quite a lot of horses with that kind of sort of middle distance staying profile who are, who are part or entirely owned by Australian owners with a view to to um, heading down under for megabucks. Hmm. Well, we know what the policy will be. He will fly in on the morning, as all Aidan O'Brien horses do. That stays the same. They have a team based in the UK already. So Nobel Prize will arrive on the day. Uh, so he'll wake up in Belly Doyle and go to sleep in Bally Doyle. And um, hopefully he wins. Rory's confident. I'm confident. Uh, let's go. Let's, let's get stuck in. And hopefully he 
turns up, bolts up. Uh, the last race of the day on Sky Sports Racing is the Duke of Edinburgh Stakes. Interesting race. Uh, 9.0 Durston, hereby 9.0 West End Charmer, 11.0 and uh, Deja, currently 13.0 on the Betfair Exchange. Easy question for you, James Norris. Who wins? Not an easy question. Um, it's it's tricky. Hereby is, is third reserve on the Wednesday, so I, I guess she's going to run here because she's unlikely to get in then but I suspect she, that, that's over a mile and six and I think she's probably a little bit slow one that took the eye was Deja uh, I, I, he looks like he's difficult to train he's not had many runs he's a five-year-old he's only run six times but he looked pretty good in July last year off 93 and if Peter Chappellheim has him spot on then he should be able to get involved um, the other one I like is Good Birthday if he runs here he's got a couple of entries but I suspect he'll go here he you know, you hit some of here. People say horses owe them nothing. I feel like he does owe me something. <laughs> he, 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 you owe me sunshine. You owe me. I was really, I really liked him in the London Gold Cup, that, that race at Newbury that sort of works out so well every year. And he made a big move from back of the field, finished third to Headman, who's obviously going for the Prince of Wales. But after that, he, he did win after that, but he was never quite sort of built on it as I expected. Um, now he's been gelded and he's back up to a mile and a half. I'd be interested to see if he can, you know, start to show what I thought he was capable of a year ago. Um, so they'd be the two I'd be interested in. So you'll be there with the expandable steel baton waiting for him to repay, <laughs> repay you after the race. Um, Vanessa, what's your pick for the last race of the day on Sky? The last and the first race of this day, I don't have a view on. Roy argue. Uh, we're for the draw would be the, the obvious thing to say um, I think there's a bit of unfinished business about Le Don de Vie, um, who um, is this, hang on this, this is becoming like a, 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 an East End gangster theme Guy Ritchie yeah. themed film yeah, got a bit of unfinished business with this one mate <laughs> you owe me son you owe me ah. Along with the three golden horses run, running and winning on this day. It's got all a, over the shop. Got oh, a Barney Curly style Royal Scott Gamble lined up, mate. Three goldens are going to win. You owe me, son. Come on, Rory, fin- finish your point. Apologies. Yeah, he looked at horse going places um, last season. I think he's bought for quite big money um, by his current owner because he won at Epsom, if I'm not mistaken, in the colours of the Mara Scotties. Um, I'm going back to remind myself of that. Um, yes, he did, um, beating Casanova in current opinion. Uh, and they're not, Mick Scott is not short of a few, Bob. No. Um, so, um, again, they may well be thinking of, of um, Australia for him as well, somewhere down the line. Um, that was, I guess the question with him would be ground, probably, because most of his form is on a quickish surface. Um, he ran respectably enough at Goodwood. He went off a short price uh, for the Cambridgeshire. Um, but was disappointing. But I, I think dropping back to a mile and a furlong um, in what's kind of, a, you know, it's often been described as a, a nine furlong sprint at Cambridgeshire. I don't think that suited him at all behind Lord North, but I think he was second favourite on the day. Yeah, he was well backed um, and Ryan Moore was yeah, on board. And he's, um, he's running off the same mark here. I think the return, he showed he stayed a mile and a half last year. So um, the, the return to a mile and a half will suit him, I think. And... Um, you know, if he'd, if he'd uh, run to expectations in the Cambridge, he'd be up a higher mark here. You, you could argue that maybe he, he just um, developed as far as he could last season, but I, I wasn't sure about that. I thought there was some, I thought there was more to come from him, and, and that wasn't the obvious race um, for him to be running in in September. And hopefully, he can progress again. I don't know whether he needs quick ground. Um, I wouldn't have thought so, but uh, it's a slight question mark until he's. I suppose that the combination of a mile and a half and softish ground uh, would be a would be a question for him. But he's he's interesting. Um, I have him on my radar. But again, you know, I, I want to see how the how the market shapes up for this and and where they end up getting drawn. Because again, um, what I always want to see is a horse whose whose price drifts after it gets a, a wide draw, especially if the if the trainer bemoans the fact that he's stuck out wide. Um, and the bookies uh, knock him out. In fairness, last year, having talked about this uh, on and off every time we do a Royal Ascot podcast, last year, um, 
the, the market seemed to, to turn on its head. Those drawn wide in the mind and have handicaps were, um, you know, were the ones who were dominating the market. Uh, and, and the horses drawn towards the inside were often bigger prices. So whether that was um, the market catching up with this theory or whether it was just a, you know the bunch of horses were running last year um, uh, were just capturing the public attention, I don't know. So I can tell um, you. Can you? You think they caught on to me? Yes, it's the Roy DeLarge yeah. market effect. Let's not forget how many yeah, times you have this, smashed up markets. Yeah, the whole point about this is um, you know, you, you, you're using an edge because it's getting you a bigger price. So people assume that something is bad, the price drifts, you, you know that it's not bad, you back it at the drifting price. Um, if the price doesn't drift, if, if the, if the, um, if the market doesn't adjust um, for the factor that you think is overplayed, then it's no longer an angle. So just, be, just you know, bear that in mind. And it's in- interesting having tipped up um, uh, Bodyline, who was 20, uh, 20s, when I, I wrote about him on Friday for the Irish field, he was then 16s when we discussed the race yesterday. I think he's a 12 to one shot now. He's nines, Rory. Um, nines, yeah. Yep. See, there you have um, the price has not has not in any way drifted because of his very wide draw. Um, so maybe it's just because you know you're you're such a popular podcast host that uh, that everyone's listening in and having their having their tenors on in a weak market. Well, we'll see how that pans l- out. Let me put it to you this way, Rory. Here, here's how this works. Um, the Aidan O'Brien interview went to number one in the world on SoundCloud and Sports, and that's all down to you. So thank you very much for listening, and thank you very much for, for sharing the show. Right, can't thank you enough for that. That's fantastic. Uh, we had incredible listenership figures for Cheltenham. Bonkers. Uh, bigger than ever before. Uh, it's not me, Rory. It's you. You're the. I don't move markets. You do. And our loyal listeners want to hear what you have to say, and then they pounce. And um, I, I'd put the shows up and live yesterday, and because it was out of office hours, I didn't tweet about it until much later on. And yet I was already getting direct messages and tweets from listeners and Facebook messages from listeners who were piling on to some of your selections, most notably Sir Mark Prescott's horse. And there is a story from that show that I would have loved to have put in, but Vanessa Rao would not allow me to do so. Anyway, uh, there you go. We have, we have that selection and... Um, we have the we have the profit locked in. We can trade out now if we want, but let it ride. Let it ride, I say. Uh, one fifteen. We already know that Vanessa has no interest. Is there anything on your shortlist for this race? Presumably, Art Power is pretty high on your shortlist, James. Yeah, no, I'd be very, very keen if he goes for this race. Um, I think he's. I think he's, he'd be too good for these. If if he if he doesn't run, if he goes for the Commonwealth Cup instead, then it's a bit of a minefield. But I'd be. I'd make a note of a couple one one that's interesting is band practice for Archie Watson who's obviously flying so far this season um, he bombed out in the Breeders' Cup but I, I can I, I'll always be willing to forgive a horse not showing up when they go out to America um, but she was quite she looked quite quite a powerful filly as a two year old in uh, Chantique she won a listed listed race over five furlongs looked very quick and She'd certainly be of interest at a reasonable price. And the other one would be Dancing in the Street for William Haggis. Um, I think there might be an issue. She might not get into this race. But if she does... Um, number 26. Yeah. So there's potential issue there. But I think this 24. Yeah. But there's, there's, there's time, though. There's time for horses to divert yeah. to other, to other yeah. alternatives. I just think the Stiff 5 Ascot will suit um, she was unlucky at Haydock last Monday. Just couldn't get a run. Um, finished on the on the heels. I think she, she probably should have won that race. And she's by by Muhara, who's was a bit disappointing with his two year olds last season, but they seem to be improving his three year olds. They're all stayers. Well, potentially, yeah. They're, they're just they're just this year, aren't they? Mm. Um, I think he's going to be. I think he's actually going to be a good sire, but they're just, yeah. you know, given he was champion sprinter, everyone expected them to be to be precocious, and I don't think I think they're actually slightly later developers. Um, yeah. And he's he's very neutral in terms of, of um, stamina. Yeah, but I, I just I, I liked I liked her performance at Haydock, which probably should have won. Um, and I think the yeah stiff five will, will really suit. So she is but art power if he runs, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> lump on uh, dancing in the street. If the horse gets in, is currently fifteen point oh 
on the Bedford Exchange. I should point out, by the way, that Rory's horse in the 440 um, is 13.0 currently, as we record on the Bedford Exchange. So I expect that horse to be 7 to 1 by the time we're recording the Day 5 podcast this time tomorrow. Um, Rory, anything on the shortlist for the 115, the opening race, yeah, only live um, on Sky Sports Racing? Just one. Um, I was I really like last season. I don't really know what, what plans are for him, um, but he, um, uh, I liked him a lot. Um, Golden Dragon of um, Stuart Williams. Um, he won a, he won a, um, a main at Windsor that ended up working out very well. I think the um, the runner-up won a big sales race the next time of memory serves. I really looked back at it from then. Um, oh, sorry, the, the runner-up only won next time out. Um, and it was the it was the second race he won at Windsor. He won twice at the track. Um, and the second time, yeah, he beat Kings Lynn. And Kings Lynn went on to win at um, was it York or Doncaster? Doncaster, I think, um, in a... In a, a um, the big sales race there on the Queen's Connors. Um, and uh, I thought that was, I thought it was decent form. I didn't think he was, he was seen to best effect there either. He, um, he then ended up stepping up to, um, to group three company in the, in the Cornwallis. And I think he found the five at Newmarket just a bit too sharp for him, but still showed improved form. Um, he's beaten less than a length and a half there in the end. He'd want a stiff test at five. That's, the, that's the, what I really liked about him was I thought he won despite it being quite a sharp test at, at Windsor first time. And um, he was he was full value um, for the uh, the margin second time. So maybe he wants six furlongs, but the fact that Stuart Winston has put him in, and that's the only entry he has, um, the stiff five with dig in the ground is probably um, is liable to suit him very well. Uh, certainly better than Newmarket did. I'm not suggesting Newmarket's sharp, but you know, if you need a little bit of time to warm up, it's not always the best track. Um, whereas Ascot um, it does suit that kind of run style because um, it's, it's too easy to get drawn into the heat of battle too early at Ascot. Um, and it's uh, often those who are, who are able to, to come from off the pace and pick up the pieces that, um, that win these races. So he's, he's a horse that I want to have on my side this season. Um, it's a tough enough starting point um, but I think he's, um, I think he's decent. I don't think he's badly handicapped at all um, on a mark of 98. And hopefully he can win a decent race for Stuart Williams, who's a trainer I like a lot. A star Should we restart this section and just have Vanessa tip Golden Dragon? I was going to say. Golden Luck 15. Golden. And, and I've done it already. I've already tallied up the lucky 15. So uh, on the Bedford Exchange, you can get 13.0 right now on Golden Dragon. Um, Vanessa, do you want to add Golden Dragon to your selections? Imagine if it is just a golden day. Honestly, this could be huge, guys. I think we've latched <laughs> on to something. So if, if we go on to our, our friends at the Bedford Sports I can see the headlines. I can see a story in the day that all the Goldens win. And then a bookmaker spokesman saying that, will say that there have been housewives piling into betting shops up and down the country doing multiples because they like the colour. It's a golden shower on Friday. (laughs) That's good. Okay, so uh, our friens at uh, the Bedford Sportsbook, because we're sponsored by the Bedford Exchange. Golden Dragon, 12 to 1. Golden Melody, 10 to 1. Golden Pal, 8 to 1. Golden Horde, 7 to 1. A one pound lucky 15 returns. It costs you 15 pounds. 15,119 of the Queen's finest sovereigns. Fork. Has to be done. Huge. Place bet. Done. Done. We're on now. I mean, there's no sense to it. Well, there is sense to it because you all fancy these horses. So, therefore, yeah, let's do it. Let's make this bet happen. Let's all of us do this and cause absolute chaos for every book. We'll have a replication of Lucky 15s and Lucky 31s. They're all banned on the Friday of Royal Ascot. Oh, no. The, <laughs> the Frankie Thursday, the nightmare for bookmakers. They could have gone bankrupt. Oh, no. Let's do that because um, it's the bet for exchange sponsor, so I don't care. Uh, yeah, so let's all do the golden Lucky 15 for Friday, and then hopefully it comes off because they're all being tipped up on the, on the show. Nap of the day, James Norris. Who is your nap for day four of Royal Ascot? Well, it's Art Power is is the best bet wherever he goes. I think, um, and he'd be, I, I do think he's a proper nap in the first race, and an interesting interesting one in the Commonwealth Cup. That is bullish. I'm liking that. Uh, Vanessa Ryle. 
Golden Pal, please. Rory Delargy. Wooded. Ah. Nobel Prize. Because of the whispers or because of the form now, Rory? Because of that form. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it whispers just for the intrigue. Roy Delargy, <laughs> who is never interested in whispers, but for the, never for the intrigue. Never interested in whispers. At all. Pays no attention to them. Pays no heed to those. Um, I, I hear this horse won in France last time. Yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, uh, Nobel Prize might nap of the Friday of Royal Ascot. Uh, there you go, that's day four. Done and dusted on the At The Races uh, micro sites. It really should be the mega site because there's so much content there. Uh, there are features with William Buick, Oshin Murphy, handicap hotshots from Jamie Lynch. Should I say, what's his official title, Vanessa? The Lynchpin, my Lynchpin, or the Lynchmeister, or Lynchy or my lynch. I'm pretty certain that it doesn't come up the linchpin when on his Chiron on Sky Sports Racing. <laughs> but yeah, let's go with that. Sky Sports Racing's linchpin. He's the linchpin of Sky Sports Racing. Can we make that a thing? Can we Can we just everybody tweet Jamie Lynch, hashtag the linchpin. Best to look for Royal Ascot, hashtag the linchpin. Anyway, there you go. Uh, so the linchpin's got handicap hot shots. Class of 2020 from Simon Rollins. Trend spotting. Uh, there is a course guide for Royal Ascot. And uh, there's a look back on some of the Royal Ascot legends of the past as well, which is really well worth checking out. And a Team America. America! Yeah! Uh, is being talked up by... God, we should do that for tomorrow's show, actually. That should be his theme for Peter Fornatel. Um He's got a, a video chat for Sky Sports Racing, which is there on the At The Races Royal Ascot page. And the Final Forum podcast is there as well. Um, hopefully you're enjoying the content. We've got one more day to go in terms of previews. Uh, whenever it is you're listening to this, Royal Ascot 2020 will hopefully be an epic showdown. I cannot wait for it. And I'm so thankful to our guests for giving us their time and to you for listening. James Norris, thank you very much, my friend. Have a great week. Thank you. Good good luck. And thank you for being so patient as well at the start. Um, There's a breaking down the fourth wall and a delay to the show. Rory Delargy, you absolute hero. I will chat to you tomorrow. I look forward to this. And Vanessa Vanessa Ryle, be safe as the Rona droplets are out there. Make sure you got a face mask on. Thanks. I will be. And have a good week, everyone. Enjoy. A golden week. Oh, nicely done. (laughs) It's a golden week for us on the Final Furlan Podcast. Gravy everywhere. And hopefully a golden Friday. Thank you very much for listening. Take care. Talk to you soon. God bless. Will it happen or won't it happen? You can bet on it with the Betfair Exchange. Proud sponsors of the Final Furlong Podcast. Have you downloaded the free app, The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheracers.com forward slash app for more details.